Al-Bayan Radio presents a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi presented by Farhan bin Rafi'a Ahmed. Indeed, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Taala alone. We seek His help, His assistance, and guidance in all things. He whom Allah Taala guides, there is no misguidance for him, and he whom Allah Taala leads astray, there is no guidance for him except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al Hashimi al Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind, O you who believe. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared and do not die except in a state of Islam, do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa sirli amri wahlil uqtatan min lisani afraw qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is the first lesson back uh, from uh, Daylight Savings. So, alhamdulillah, if anyone is watching this online and they're wondering why they're not at the lesson, it's because the lessons during Daylight Savings start after Maghrib, for a little while. Now, this is lesson 56, and we are covering the final portion of hadith 35. So we'll repeat the beginning of the hadith in Arabic, and then translate, and then we'll continue on with the commentary bi'idnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala. An Abi Hurairata radiyallahu anhu qala qala rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la tahasadu, wa la tanajashu, wa la tabaghadu, wa la tadabaru, wa la yabi' ba'dukum ala bay'i ba'd, وكونوا عباد الله إخوانا المسلم وأخو المسلم لا يظلمه ولا يخذله ولا يكذبه ولا يحقره التقوى ها هنا ويشير إلى ويشير إلى صدره ثلاث مرات بحسب امرئ من الشر أن يحقر أخاه المسلم كل المسلم على المسلم حرام دمه وماله وعرضه رواه مسلم أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه narrates that the Prophet ﷺ said, do not be envious of one another, do not artificially inflate prices against one another, do not hate one another, do not shun one another, and do not undercut one another in business transactions. And be servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as fellow brothers. A Muslim is the brother of a Muslim. He does not oppress him, nor does he abandon him, nor lies to him, nor shows contempt for him. Piety is here. And the Prophet ﷺ pointed to his chest three times. Then the Prophet ﷺ stated, It is evil enough for a Muslim to hold his brother inviolable to, uh, inviolable, uh, to hold his brother Muslim in contempt. All of a Muslim is inviolable to another Muslim, his blood, his property, and his honor collected by a Muslim. Rahimahullah. Now, alhamdulillah, we've taken, do not be envious of one another. And we've taken a najj, do not artificially inflate the prices of one another. And we've taken, do not hate one another. And do not shun one another. Do not يعني, stay away from one another. Now, we are on, وَلَا يَبِعْ بَعْضُكُمْ عَلَىٰ بَيْعِ And do not undercut one another in trade. And this is where we left off. Now, this is a very, very important statement of the Prophet ﷺ, which helps ensure that a Muslim is never felt that he has been cheated. A Muslim doesn't even have this feeling that another Muslim 
cheated him. Another Muslim gypped him. Nor is it correct for another Muslim to look at his other Muslim brother and say, I want something that he has. Now, the, what this means of undercutting one another uh, during business transactions, what this means is, for instance, a person goes shopping and he goes to one Muslim business and he buys something. And then he goes to another Muslim business who has the same item that this brother had purchased. So then he goes to his brother and says, go return it and I'll sell it to you for cheaper. Go get your money back and I'll give it to you cheaper. Don't even worry about how much it is. I'll give it to you cheaper. Now the transaction has been completed from one end. The brother has sold an item and he's got his money for the item. And the person who purchased it, purchased it while being happy. He was content paying that price. Now you come being a fatan, someone who's causing mischief on earth, and come to this person because yani, all you want is the money that you can find in your pocket. You go and you say to this person, go and return this thing that you have. I have something that's exactly like it or I have better than it. Go return it and I will give it to you for cheaper. Now what he then goes and then he does yani, what this will mean is that the person goes and voids the first contract. Yani, even if it's not a written contract, it's a verbal contract. He goes back and gives this person his sila back. And says, I want my money back. Now nothing that he did was wrong. He has just been undercut by another Muslim. Now this is something that is clear cut haram. It is forbidden. And all of these prohibitions they come in the prohibitions in the form of that which is forbidden upon the Muslims. Do not undercut one another. Another example of this, one is when the transaction is completed. Another is for instance, يعني, you go to a shop and there's only one item left. And someone calls on the phone and he purchases this item. Right? He goes, he calls, he goes, hey, do you have this item? مثلاً, let's just say, يعني, this book. Do you have this book? Do you have the 40 hadith? And the guy says, I only have one copy. I can't keep it on the side unless you make payment and then I'll keep it on the side. So then he says, خلاص, I'll make the payment. And he purchases it over the phone. And now this item here is the last that's there, but it's sold. It's finished. It's not there anymore. The brother just has to come and pick it up. But what happens is that it's sitting here. On the desk, waiting for the brother to come pick it up. Now another person comes and says, I want the 40 hadith. He says, I'm sorry, Akhi, we just sold our last copy. So then he says, I will pay more than that person who's paid it because I can see it on the table. I'll pay more than what he paid. Just so he can undercut his brother on the opposite spectrum. One was from the buyer, this is from, no one was from the seller, this is from the buyer now. Both of these are forbidden. It is haram. It is not allowed, not permissible in this religion. That you hurt, يعني, the, what happens then? Think about it logically. The brother's on his way to pick it up. He's already taken time off, مثلاً, from whatever he was doing. Your time is not more important than his time. What makes you better? And what gives you the right to say, خلاص, خلي, let him come or call him and break his heart? He doesn't get the book. Yani, this is a small yani, scale. This happens, yani, this 
qa'ida, this principle, is in every transaction. Whether it's a house, a car sale, whatever it is, undercutting one another for business, for money, in any form of financial transactions, it is not allowed. However, if something has not been sold, مثلاً, they're at the market, and there's one item left, and the transaction has not yet been completed, it is allowed for one to try to outbid the other. It is permissible. مثلاً, there's one book left, and they both come at the same time, and they both say, how much is this? And the person says, you tell me a price, you tell me a price, and we'll see who gets it, who gets higher. So over here, until the transaction has not yet completed, it is allowed for them to do this. However, once it is completed, it is not permissible to try to undo this transaction. Insha'Allah, that is clear. Now, is it permissible to, for instance, have a price guarantee? Yani someone says, I'll beat any quote. I'll beat it. You come to me with a quote, I'll beat it. It is permissible to have a price guarantee. Why? It's because you are saying, I will beat any quote. Yani I will beat any transaction that is still in the process. Not that it's completed. Right? So if someone comes to you and he, for instance, wants to create, uh, he wants to, for instance, do your backyard. He wants to concrete your backyard. مثلاً. And so you're looking for quotes. And you see someone who's saying, I will beat any quote by 10%. مثلاً. So it is permissible for you to get a quote and to try to weigh up your options. This isn't undercutting one another. This is, يعني, a business has the full right to say, I will beat any quote. Because the transactions have not yet completed. So inshallah, that is not an issue. For uh, if a, a transaction is complete, no Muslim has the right to try to undo that transaction. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he states, And all of you, kunu, all of you, let you all be worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as brothers. Be brothers as slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كُونُوا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says in Surah Tawbah verse 71 وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ بَعْضُ That the believing men and the believing women are guardians of one another, friends of one another they protect one another. They're together. And this is the theme for the rest of this hadith, subhanAllah. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Hujarat, verse 10, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةً Indeed, the believers are nothing but brothers. They are brothers, indeed, that the, yani the believing men, the believing women, all of them come under the believers. They're all brothers, they're family. Now, Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, he says, in this is the reason to the previous prohibitions. This here is the reason 
of why we have the previous prohibitions. He says, Rahimahullah, uh, in this and in this is pointing to the fact that if envy is avoided and if artificially inflating prices is avoided and if enmity is avoided and if shunning one another is avoided and if undercutting in business is avoided, then they will be brothers. If these five are avoided, then you can be brothers. Then you are brothers if you are upholding these things. That's why the Prophet ﷺ is saying, don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do, and then worship Allah and then be brothers. And be brothers. Now, to be the worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the pretext to be a brother. You have to be a worshipper of Allah. Rasulullah says, وَكُونُوا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ Be worshippers of Allah as brothers, ikhwana. But you have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. You have to be upon the worship of your Lord in this way. Then you can be brothers. Then you can be brothers. And subhanallah, if we look closely then, if you are being brothers with one another based on anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is completely useless. If you are brothers upon anything other than the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is completely useless. يعني your خي your شريك your أخ your brother whatever it is if it's in anything other than the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is pointless but if it is used your brother your خي your أخ whatever it is if it's used to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now it's even worse before it was useless now it's evil and corrupt. Now you are a source of evil and corruption. Because now you are brothers upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, disobeying Allah. So the main point and pinnacle is that to be brothers in Islam needs to first and foremost, you have to be a worshipper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because anything other than that is not going to benefit you. It's either not going to benefit you or it is going to harm you. So there's no point in doing it. Kunu ibadallah ikhwana. Be worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as brothers. Now, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, be brothers. And the rights of the Muslims between themselves need to be maintained so that you can be brothers according to Islam. Yani the community is based off brothers and sisters together. The Prophet ﷺ says that the believers are like yani, a body. And if one piece is hurt, if one flesh is hurt, one part is hurt, then everything aches. Or it's like a building. That they strengthen one another. It's like a bunyan. 
and what they are are pillars upon each other they rely. But to do this, you have to fulfill the rights of the Muslims. What are the rights of the Muslims? And generally there are six. There are generally six rights of the believers. And they are found in both Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. The sixth, five are found in Bukhari and the sixth is found in Sahih Muslim. Now, they are, one, returning the salam. Someone says, Salamu alaykum to you. It's, it's common sense stuff, genuinely. But if someone says, Salamu alaykum, it is wajib upon you to say, Wa alaykum as salam, if it's one to one. If it's one to one. If it's a communal thing, like someone comes into the masjid and says, Salamu alaykum, then if some part of the masjid responds to the salam, it doesn't go upon every person to respond to his salam. However, this is from the rights of the believers to respond to the salam. The second is to visit the sick. That if your brother is sick, you go and visit him. Again, this is something that is from the rights of the believers. Now if, if the community is big and the mustashfa is small or whatever the case is, it is enough for some of the believers to visit some of the other believers. But it's not in the form where it's only a specific amount of people who go. It's only him and him who go visit the sick and no one else in the community. No. It's that if he and that brother go and visit the sick, then khalas, it's lifted off us, inshaAllah. However, it's not just that we appoint some two, three people, people no one cares about, no one gets happy when they rock up because they know that these guys are the appointed people to visit the sick. That's not what's needed. It's visiting the sick for the intention of one, giving high spirits to the people who are sick, and also giving comfort to the family of the sick that whatever happens, he has brothers, he has sisters, he has a family who will take care of anything that happens. When you're visiting someone who's sick, you're going there for not just you to get a iman boost and you think you're khalas, you're on cloud nine because of the hadith of the Prophet who stated that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the one who is sick and that the one who visits the sick will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there. It's not for this specific reason. That's the ajr. That's the reward. But you want to go there to help your brother. And this is from the rights of the believers. This is what makes bonds between, between the Muslims. Creates bonds of brotherhood. People do not, wallahi, people do not forget the brothers who came visited, visited them when they were sick. In the hospital. Or in their homes. They do not forget this yani khair. And it doesn't mean that you have to bring a tanjara, you have to bring يعني, a plate of food. Just go and visit. It's your time you are sacrificing. And that is what they need at that time. Then the third is attending the funerals. If you know that your brother has died, you try to attend his funeral. And this is another thing that is again, fard. It's obligatory. But if some gather, then lifts off the rest of the community فض كفاية but it goes beyond this it's of the rights of the believers this is from the images of Islam the sha'air of Islam the janaiz is something that the funeral prayers is something that is supposed to show the strength of Islam that even when they die they unite that even when a Muslim dies it brings everyone together but now our jannah is, is restricted to just drug dealers. Nas'alallah, salam al-afiyah. Brothers, any Muslim, any Muslim 
who dies and you hear his janazah is on whether you knew him or you did not know him it is enough for him to be your Muslim brother that you drop everything and you try to go and not just oh I heard about that bloke or one time he salamed alayhi and I got really happy now the matter of funerals is something that is very important and it's not just restricted to the people that are known in the community and usually known to the community for evil yani i remember there was a hafiz who died and he had i think a row in lakamba mosque during the janazah a hafiz of quran however evil people who got yani we're not going to pass judgments inshallah the people who died during sin during sin and the masjid is packed because why we've inverted what is important and what is not what is important is the relationship this person had with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we try to honor that not his standing in the dunya that people feed him Allah salam from the images of Islam are the funerals that you go to the funeral of a Muslim brother and you try to go and bury your Muslim brother even if it's just a piece of just the soil that you put on top of his grave at the burial point when the brother is being buried when the sister is being buried for this is very very important that we show unity in these times of difficulties and it is something that is also just think about the effect that has on the family of the deceased when someone dies and no one comes what does that feel like to a family who's lost someone who is beloved to them and what is the difference when they see brothers from nowhere they've never met these people but the masjid is packed mashallah people have come dropped everything to come to pray over this person how would that make the people feel the family of the deceased. Yani, this is what builds communities. It builds brotherhood. It builds links in the community that can't be broken because even at death we unite. The fourth is accepting the invitations. And the scholars, some of them have limited this to the weddings and some of them have said that it is general. Now the weddings also, the nikah and the walimah, is supposed to be something that is sacred it is a day that is to be celebrated a day that is supposed to be used as the community point of coming together and enjoying together in the blessing that the brother and the sister have been bestowed the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the amr of the walima the yani the food that he would prepare he would insist on doing it even if he had invited the people to a wedding of his and he told the people to bring food. Not that I'm going to... Sometimes the Prophet had nothing for the walima, for his own weddings. He said, you bring food so that we eat together. Yani, it's not that it has to be a grand event, but it is something that is supposed to be, again, from the images, from the sha'air of Islam. So if someone invites you to his wedding, this is something that is supposed to be celebrated. And يعني, obviously the invitation has to be an invitation to a place that is going to be free from haram. Now if someone invites you to his wedding and his wedding is يعني, with mixed 
free mixing and music and Allahu Alam, even if the food might be haram, it is not permissible for you to go there. Even if it's your own father, your own brother, your sister, your daughter, if there is a wedding there that is, for instance, free mixed, or there is music and there's dancing and there's tabarruj, and it doesn't matter whose wedding it is, not jais for you to enter. Nas'Allah, salam al Then the fifth is saying, Arhamakullah. To the one who says Alhamdulillah at the point of sneezing. This is from the rights of the Muslims. The kuffar. The kuffar. They say bless you when someone sneezes. They say bless you when someone sneezes. Habibi, we have things from our religion. You're supposed to say, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on you. When he praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the fact that he praised Allah. This is something that is from considered in Islam the rights of a Muslim. Do you think he's a Muslim? Yalla, do it. This is his rights, his huquq. The sixth, which is found in Sahih Muslim, which is giving advice when someone is asking for advice and even if they do not ask for advice. And that is a statement of the scholars uh, like Imam Ahmad rahimahullah. Giving advice Whether they ask for it or do not ask for it Giving advice is from the rights of the believer Then the Prophet ﷺ states Al-Muslimu akhul muslimi That the Muslim is the brother of another Muslim He's not an acquaintance, he's not a friend, he's not a mate, he's not a cousin He's not a far distant relative from my grandmother's side and his, her sister it's, it's not, That's not what a Muslim is He's not a workmate, he's not a colleague, nothing He's not even a partner, he's a brother. Al-Muslimu akhul Muslim. A Muslim is the brother of another Muslim. Yani, not that when you see someone, it doesn't affect you. You don't smile at him, you don't sell him on him. You just walk by as if he's another random stranger. Is that how you treat your brothers? If you do, then you've got bigger problems. But... A Muslim is the brother of a Muslim. And subhanAllah, يعني, why a brother? You can't choose your brothers. You can't choose them. That's who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forced you there with. You can't choose them. And it is something that shows the connection, the bond that they're supposed to have. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he continues and describes how you can be brothers. How do you be brothers, really, truly? What are the things that you're supposed to do? What are the things you're supposed to avoid? How do you actually be يعني, a brother to your brother? How do you be a brother to your brother? How? The Prophet ﷺ tells us how this brotherhood is maintained. He teaches us what maintains brotherhood and what breaks brotherhood. He says, لا يظلمه. He does not oppress his brother. He doesn't oppress him in his wealth. He doesn't, يعني, by stealing his wealth, by not paying him back when he needs to, by withholding his wealth, anything regarding his wealth, he doesn't oppress him regarding it. Nor does he oppress his honor. He doesn't do any zulm in regards to his honor, slandering him, backbiting about him, spreading lies, rumors. Nor does he do it to his family, spreading, يعني, Trying to influence breaking up husband and wife. Nor 
does he try to do anything in form of oppression relating to this brother? He doesn't do anything. But rather, what he does is the opposite. When the Prophet says, don't do this, what is implied is that you do the opposite. That's what maintains brotherhood. So you don't oppress him. But what you do is you be just in regards to his money, in regards to his honor, in regards to his family and anything else around him. That is the first. The second is, لا and he does not fail to assist him and to help his brother. Yani a Muslim is a brother to his Muslim brother. He wants to help and assist his Muslim brother in times of need. He doesn't abandon him. He doesn't abandon his brother in need. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in another hadith as mentioned by Abu Hurair radiallahu anhu says, قَالَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَنْ نَفَّسَ عَنْ مُؤْمِنٍ كُرْبَةً مِنْ كُرَبِ الدُّنْيَا مِنْ كُرَبِ الدُّنْيَا نَفَّسَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كُرْبَةً مِنْ كُرَبِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in Sahih Muslim, that whoever relieves a hardship from the hardships of this world, off of his brother, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will lift off him a hardship from the hardships of the akhirah. Whoever lifts off a hardship from the hardships of the dunya from his brother, from the dunya, it doesn't have to be something big, just a hardship. Someone's يعني, finding it difficult to pay a bill. Someone's finding it difficult. Something basi doesn't have to be. You have to buy him a house. Sometimes some people just need just that extra push, just that extra help. Whoever lifts off a hardship, Sometimes it's bigger. Mathalan, sometimes you are in a position of power and you can actually help your brothers and sisters. Someone is, for instance, in a really good spot, for instance, يعني, whether it's in a hospital or even a store or even something. He tries going out of his way to, to help his Muslim brother and sister. Allah, for you doing this, lifting off this hardship of your brother, Allah will lift off a hardship from the many hardships of the Akhirah. And on that day, Allah is the only one who can do it. You can't take any hardship off yourself on the Yawm Al-Qiyamah. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's the one who does it. He will remove some of the hardships from the hardships of the Akhirah because you were at the assistance of your brother. Subhanallah. We have so many ahadith regarding this. So many in the same hadith. The Prophet sallallahu says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is at the help of his servant for as long he is, for as long as he is at the service of his brother, Allah is with, and he's, he's helping the believer. As long as that person helps his brother, these these, these are the real things that make communities, make brotherhood. But coming back to it, the end of the matter is that it is not permissible. It is not permissible to abandon your brother at a time of need. If your brother actually needs you, it is not permissible to abandon him. Whether you assist him then and there with whatever he is facing or after the effect if you can't help him then and there or you simply make dua for your brother. This is helping your brother. Helping your brother by asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ease his affairs. Bare minimum you can do. 
Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَلَا Nor does he lie to him, nor does he say to him that you are a liar. He doesn't just say point blank, you're a liar, a kathab, whenever he tells him anything. He brings him a piece of information and says, خلاص, you're a liar. <coughs> the asl of the believers are that they are truthful. The asl, the starting point, the base point of a believer is that he is truthful. And the word of a Muslim is to be believed. This is just a general rule of thumb. Unless you have some evidence stating that this person is one, two, and three, then khalas. Okay, that makes sense. Then maybe you can ask him privately, or whatever the issue is, unless you know someone fi'lan is a kadhab. But from the sifat, from the characteristics of the believers, is that they are truthful. And from the sifat of the munafiqeen, from the hypocrites, are that they are liars. Lying is not from the characteristics of the believers. And then the Prophet ﷺ says, وَلَا Nor does he show contempt for him. Nor does he belittle him. Nor does he overlook him. Nor does he have pride over him. Nor does he have arrogance towards him. No, he doesn't do this. This is essential. That you don't have pride and arrogance in regards to your brothers. You don't have this. Especially, يعني, your, يعني, this is how you are with your brothers, especially your spouses. You're not belittling them, you're not looking down on them, you're not abusing them, but you have respect, honor, brotherhood, humbleness, tranquility, you have humility. These are from the characteristics of the believers. These are the characteristics of the believers. And the greatest point of this kibr, this arrogance and pride, is to not accept the truth after someone has been presented with the truth. The greatest point of kibr, of arrogance and pride, is not accepting the truth after the truth has been presented, after the truth has become established. This is the greatest point, the pinnacle point, the pinnacle point of kibr. Then the Prophet says, True belief is in the heart. Shaykh ibn Uthaymeen says that it is not just singularly on the tongue, nor is it singularly in the heart. Taqwa is not just on your tongue, mujarrad, just on your tongue without anything else, nor is it just in your heart without anything else, but it is on the tongue and the heart. It comes. <coughs> Yani, this statement over here, at taqwa true belief is in the heart. It comes after stating the evil habits that we must avoid, especially looking down on the people, because taqwa is in the heart. So you might look down on someone because of something from the dunya, but taqwa, he has taqwa in his heart. So how can you look down on someone? How can you look down on someone when he has taqwa in his beliefs? He has that belief, he has that يعني, faith in his heart. So you may have this belittling look onto someone and you do not know that he is in a higher rank in Jannah. So how can you look down on him when he is eventually more successful than you? And we know that the greatest characteristics of the people of paradise 
is that they are of the poor and destitute. They are of the poor people generally. For it does not matter and it doesn't have any يعني, weight that you have the money or you have status and that some people are in a lower socioeconomic status than you or they don't have the same privileges in society as you. The matter is with taqwa. Who has more faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That is what is important. Now, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pointed at his heart three times. While saying this, he pointed at his heart. At-taqwa ha-huna, at-taqwa ha-huna, at-taqwa ha-huna. Piety is in here, piety is in here, piety is in here, taqwa is here, taqwa is here, taqwa is here. Now, what was the hadith that we took previously? That there is a piece of flesh in the heart, there is a piece of flesh in the body, that if it is, if it is upright, then the entire body is upright, and if it is corrupted, then the entire body is corrupted. Indeed, it is the heart. So the heart is the master of the body. And if it is upright, then everything in the body is upright. Now continuing, the Prophet ﷺ says, It is enough of a sin. It is enough of a sin for a Muslim to look down and belittle, hold his brother in contempt. To look down on him, have pride over him, have arrogance over him, for all of the things that we just read, يعني, reiterated. This is not why you were supposed to do this. And the Prophet ﷺ says, it is enough of a sin for you not to do it. Yani it's, you don't understand how big this issue is. It is enough of a sin. So avoid it. It is enough of a sin for a Muslim to look down on his Muslim brother. To look down on him as if he is there and he is down there. Looking down at your brother. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, كُلُّ الْمُسْلِمِ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ حَرَامٌ دَمُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَعْرِضُهُ رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمِ and the Prophet ﷺ says that the entire, the entire believer upon another believer is, is forbidden. You can't harm any part of a believer. Everything of this believer is no-go zone. You have nothing to do with this believer. You cannot harm him in anything. Neither. His what? His blood, his wealth, or his honor. These are things that you cannot harm. You can't take the blood of a Muslim unjustly because it is sacred. It is haram. It is sacred. These are the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has given upon the believer. So who are you to take it? So you cannot take the life of a Muslim, the wealth of a Muslim, the honor of a Muslim except with right. And we have taken what were the rights that you can take through the blood of a Muslim and the wealth of a Muslim and the honor of a Muslim and inshallah with this we conclude shortly alhamdulillah very brief uh, summary of uh, this hadith the 35th hadith out of the 42 hadith of Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this from us barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam inshallah we'll see you next week bi'idhinlah same time after maghrib Zakumullah khairan wa salam alaikum wa rahmatullah. This program was presented by Albayan Radio, 